0: Welcome into to another edition of the WissSports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at WissSports.net and your host for the WSN podcast. A busy week in the high school sports calendar, perhaps the busiest week of the entire winter sports schedule. As uh, boys basketball gets underway, that will be the focus of our conversation and talks today. In just a moment, we'll uh, bring on Mark Miller to uh, to give us some boys basketball insight. But you've also got girls basketball heading into sectional play. You have team individual wrestling state championships this weekend at the UW Fieldhouse, Boys and Girls State Hockey at the Alliant Energy Center in Madison, Gymnastics State Meet being held in uh, Wisconsin Rapids at the Wisconsin Rapids High School. So a lot going on, a lot of postseason action. It's hot and heavy. But again, our conversation today is going to be focused in on boys basketball. And for that, we bring in our boys basketball expert, boys basketball writer at WSN, publisher of the Wisconsin Basketball Yearbook, and WBCA Hall of Famer, Mark Miller. Mark, that might be the, the best, biggest intro we've ever done for you on here. I got got into everything. I think, did we, did we cover everything? Any other awards or nomenclature? I think you forgot to mention uh, Sun, Prairie Chump. Um,
1: Sun Prairie Chump.
0: Sun yes. Prairie oh, well. Chump. Sun Prairie Chump president. Yeah. Uh, it, well, I did forget to mention a recent author of a uh, a book on the history of Xavier High School basketball, a book that came out earlier this winter. And I know you had done some signings and some appearances at Xavier. Uh, so that was very cool as well. That was a, that was kind of a pandemic COVID project for you, wasn't it?
1: Right. It was. It really was. You know, a lot of time at home with no, uh, you know, with no AAU basketball and no summer basketball in, in 2020 and, you know, having the itch to do something basketball related um, and uh, was able to do a lot of research and put that together. So it was a lot of fun. It was a kind of a labor of love um, and, you know, talking to, to former uh, basketball stars and alums of the school and their memories from the 60s through today was, was, was enjoyable and uh, glad, glad that it uh, was a project that I was able to finish.
0: And you're not the only accomplished author. In fact, you might be the least accomplished author in your household, as your wife, Pat, is a very accomplished children's author. Um, What's her latest book, and where can folks find it if they're looking for some great books for their youngsters at home?
1: Yeah, uh, well, you know, the thing with my book, that Xavier book, that was a self-published deal. (laughs) So there were no publishers clamoring for me to... uh, you know to put that out uh with Pat's books they're, they're all you know put together uh, published by traditional publishers so um she does have one that actually came out today called when i'm with you and uh it's a book that you can buy at Barnes and Noble in the children's section it's a picture book um or you can go online uh when i'm with you is the name of the book and uh, yeah she's uh i think she's got like 12 to 15 books out now uh all children's books and uh, she does that full time now. So, um, you know, we're both home together during the day so I can annoy her all day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let's get into what we came here to talk about today. And again, that is the boys basketball playoffs get down underway as we return to, uh, a, a very normal, in fact, almost completely normal, uh, boys basketball season and postseason. Um, I believe, uh, Milwaukee's mask mandate, uh, milwaukee county's mask mandate expired um i don't know if, if they were requiring it for their high school uh athletes but uh dane county's expired so i'm, I'm guessing some of the uh, schools in dane county will end their mask requirements uh so we're about as back to normal as as we could be at this point
1: yeah it's uh as you know going through it uh, the last two years you know with high school sports um you know with with everything we cover on on wsn it's it's certainly uh you know very grateful to be at this situation that we're at right now with the events being held and and, you know fans being allowed and student sections and bands and dance squads and you know concessions and just the things that make high school sports so special um, whether it's football or basketball or baseball or track and field or volleyball i mean any any number of those sports uh gives kids the opportunity to to participate or you know to be uh to be a, a member of the uh the cheering section i mean all of that social interaction is so important in the development of you know of high school students so very very blessed to have it all back and of course you know we didn't have the state tournament in 2020 and then last year we had two different sites so it'll be fantastic to have everything back at the cole center this year Um, And I believe their mask mandate for the UW ends on March 12. So uh, we won't even, you know, knock on wood have to wear masks uh, for the state tournament if you're a fan uh, and and certainly not the players and coaches. So all of that is so positive and, and uh, boy, very thankful for all of it.
0: Well, I I wanted to ask you before we dive into a division by division preview, um, is there anything this year that's kind of that overarching theme, the, the big storyline, the big player, team, what have you um, this season? Or is it just a bunch of really cool, smaller stories? Is anything that kind of sits in that, you know, this is the story of the year realm?
1: Well, at this point, we only have two schools that are unbeaten on the boys' side. Um, so, um, you know, everyone's sustained a loss except for two schools, Iola Scandinavia, uh, in Division uh, – I believe they're Division Four. And uh, Wazika Steuben in Division Five. So um, that tends to make me believe that that you know any number of schools can win state championships. And, and honestly, even though Ayola and Wazika are unbeaten, certainly they're going to be pushed uh, come the playoffs too. So um, you know, I think that the fact that we don't have a, a Stevens Point or a Germantown or a Madison Memorial of the last ten to fifteen years just totally dominating Division One. Um, makes, makes it for an exciting state tournament and you know we're going to get 20 really good teams uh, and in Madison uh, battling for the five division uh, state championships so um, you know and it all gets underway uh, Tuesday with the with the opening round of regionals and uh, excited just to, to to be a part of all of that it's it's really exciting you know I usually go out to a game during regional weeks and, and, and you know just that ride home from wherever i'm at in anticipation of checking with sports and looking at all the scores and seeing how what upsets occurred and and, and maybe uh you know t- favorite teams that really made a statement type victory it's all it's also uh, enjoyable so these are the three weeks uh the, the regional sectional and state tournament that you know everyone's points to uh when we when we started practice back in mid-november and Uh, It's it's exciting to, uh, to, to, you know, to get it underway here with all the schools participating and, you know, most of them got their 22 or to 24 games in this year. And um, you know, we'll see where, where it all stacks up.
0: Well, one of the things that is different this year, and we talked about this with Norbert Durst during our girls preview last week is that the computer seating was uh, was implemented this year for regional seating, uh, whether it's, a full 16 team bracket or, or a smaller grouping, whatever it is um, seated by a computer formula that was de- developed by the WIAA and WBCA. Um, and I mentioned this with Norb and interested in, in your take on it as well. I, I know that, you know, as you had alluded to, and as, as many people have alluded to, there's been some things that you look at and, and you you recognize are not quite perfect on it, but it seemed to me that the computer did a better job at the top of the brackets, you know, seeds one through six, one through eight, something like that. Then it did at the bottom of the brackets, those, those teams in the bottom half, whether, you know, eight through 16 or something like that. Did, did that seem to be the case in boys basketball to you, as you looked over the seed results in in the first year of uh, computer seeding?
1: Well, uh, I, I think that probably is true for the most part. Um, you know, there were some, some hiccups as anyone would have anticipated and I think um, the WIA and in the WBCA will address those uh, via the basketball advisory committee and, and go through the proper channels to maybe tweak things a little bit so some of the unfortunate incidents that happened this year, uh, maybe don't happen last year and, and most of those, uh, like you mentioned Travis were, were probably, you know, among the lower seats uh, in each sectional but. Uh, you know, it's hard. It, it, it's, it can become difficult, um, no matter what you do, whether it's a computer or whether it's coaches doing it. How do you, how do you stack up Marshfield at 18 and four, for example, against Kimberly at 16 and eight? Um, you know, it's, it's, you look at the losses Kimberly had and, and, and boy, they, they were two really, really good teams and they play in, in, what I think is probably the second best conference in the state behind the greater Metro uh, in the Fox Valley Association. So, but you don't wanna take away Marshfield's accomplishments either. You know, I mean, they won 18 games and they won the Wisconsin Valley Conference. So um, th- I think you're always, whether you do a computer or whether you do in-person with coaches, you're gonna have some some questions regarding that. Um, but uh, at the same time, I, I, I think that the computer seating is here to stay. And I, I think that if, if a, few, um, a few factors maybe that weren't considered this year, such as strength of schedule, um, I know head to heads difficult because, you know, you got 16 or 18 teams in a, in a, in a sectional. How do you do head to head when not all those teams played each other? Um, but I, I think strength of schedule and, and, and maybe an appeal for the coaches if they feel they really um, were underseated maybe they could have an appeal, uh, a very brief appeal and and something that can be done quickly rather than dragging it all out. Um, Maybe if we just add those two things, uh, perhaps it'll be better. But, um, but, you know, at this point now, you know, that came out uh, uh, last Sunday, I guess it was, uh, uh, you know, 10 days ago now, I guess Uh, at this point, you just got to go play, you know, you can't, argue about it anymore and you just got to go okay we got to go to this location and play this team and this is what we have to do to win and and uh and then if you win then you do the same thing for the next opponent so uh you know travis you and i go back to when when the wi used to predetermine the regionals and sectionals remember those days when uh you know everything was done uh you know like eight months in advance and you knew who you were going to play and where you were going to play so we've come a long way from there it's not perfect yet but I'm very confident that uh, a year from now, things will be uh, even better than they were this year in terms of, you know, trying to get the computer seating formula. Correct.
0: Yeah. I, I, when I played in high school, it was, you know, who you're going to play it's predetermined. It's assigned before the season. It doesn't matter if it's the two best teams in the state, they might play in the first round of the playoffs. And there were some unfortunate uh, examples of that, you know, my junior year we played, uh, we were uh, at Richland center. I think we were 14 and six in the regular season, something like that. We played Baraboo who was like 18 and two in the first round of the playoffs and and lost. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're wondering, well, why am I sitting at home? But that was kind of the way it was. And it's come a long way since then. And it will continue to evolve and, and, you know, change. And, and like you said, I'm sure they'll look at some things and decide if they can be addressed. Uh, you know, certainly there's some things out there that people have, have, said that they would like you, you mentioned several of them, the head to head part of it, uh, the strength of schedule is, is taken into account there with, you know, your opponent's record, your opponent's opponents, but not every schedule is the same, you know, not every conference is the same. So you could maybe do some things like, uh, was done in football where one of the factors is your conferences, historical playoff success and your own, uh, uh, playoff success historically, Um, you know, that might be something to look at, um, the, uh, the appeal thing. I just, I struggle with, to be honest with you, as much as it might make sense, because I think you would have 500 schools that would appeal. And, and then, (laughs) you know, why, why, why are you even seating if you're, uh, if it's just going to all be an appeal and how do you, you know, if, if this team wants to appeal to be a one instead of a four, You know, how do you process that? So I I think that might be a mess. There are some, there are certainly some things that could be incorporated or looked at. You know, one of the things, and we talked about this with Norb too, one of the areas that ended up being very problematic was uh, out-of-state teams and non-WIAA teams. Um, Both of those examples were given a 500 record, regardless of the record of that team. And so, for instance, in the Milwaukee area, Uh, small schools, you know, some that had played homeschool teams that, that, uh, you know, have seventh and eighth graders on their team, they're non WIA members. And those, uh, those teams got a 500 credit on their opponent's schedule. So, you know, certainly those are some things that could be looked at and and cleaned up and and a a better way to figure it out. But uh, we won't spend the whole podcast hashing, uh, rehashing that. Uh, we will get into actually talking about the uh, the teams and the uh, the stories of the high school basketball season. But before we do that, we do want to uh, uh, remind you on on behalf of our uh, our good friends at the Wisconsin Department of Transportation. That uh, we would like you to help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign: buckle up, phone down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsin.dot.gov. Of course, want to make sure everyone stays safe out on the roads this time of the year. Get to your destination, come home safely, and uh, and get on to the next game. But let's get on to the next thing, Mark, and let's start with Division One. Um, Favorites in division one. What are the stories in division one? What are some things that we're keeping an eye on in the uh, state's largest schools?
1: Well, you know, I think once we get by, uh, uh the, uh, the regional quarter quarterfinals tonight, uh, almost every game has some intrigue at the division one level. There's just, you know, really good players across the state at, at almost every school. Um, you know, the, once we get through this weekend, uh, you know, the regional finals will be unbelievable uh, in division one, a, a lot of balance, a lot of really good teams, a lot of teams with good players. Um, and then, you know, obviously sectionals beyond that is going to be, is, is going to be very exciting as well. It's, uh, uh, you know, I, I think that the neatest thing this year, you know, we talked a little bit about COVID in the last two years and how it's been choppy and, you know, things just haven't been traditionally like they they normally are the neatest thing was having the Madison and Milwaukee schools back playing this year and uh and you know just thinking uh seeing all, all four of the Madison schools in person and you know there's some good players and good and good teams in, in Madison and certainly the same could be said for Milwaukee so um you know that part of it factors into the division one this year and it'll be interesting to see you know do those schools uh do those schools suffer a little bit because they didn't play last year? I, I don't think they will at this point, Travis, just because they've had, you know, 20, 24 games under their belt already. Um, and, you know, they, they're they ready to go. So, um, you know, the storyline, I think probably right off the top would be, uh, you know, a potential championship game featuring Nina and Menominee Falls. Um, you know, that's those, those have been two of the top ranked teams in the in the WSN coaches poll all year. Nina's twenty-three and one uh, on the season, and won the Fox Valley Association. Menominee Falls is twenty-one and three, won the Greater Metro. So, you know, we talked about those two leagues already, and how good they are. Be uh, very interesting to see if those two did wind up uh, playing for the state title. You know, Menominee Falls is uh, is a team that's led by a guy that maybe a lot of people haven't seen, uh, at least on a statewide basis. Uh, his name is Seth Trimble and he's a 6263 guard, who's going to North Carolina next year and is generally regarded as the top player in the state. Uh, and he's had a really good year for them. Um, so he's a dynamic player, very athletic, can score in a lot of different ways, makes big shots, um, just a fun, fun player to watch. Uh, he's the brother of JP Tokido who played at the, the falls, uh, I guess about a decade ago, he came out with Sam Decker in that group. Uh, and went on to play at North Carolina as well. So um, I think that's a big storyline. You know, certainly the, the results of the Madison and Milwaukee schools after not participating last year will be fun to watch. And as always, I think it'll be very interesting to see which conferences end up with the most success. You know, off the top of my head, I, I guess I would predict the FDA and the greater Metro, but you know, maybe a, a league like uh, the Southeast or the Classic Eight, um, maybe uh, the Foxer uh, Classic Conference, maybe some of those teams you know, really make a statement, you know, it appears really good uh, and they they certainly could could make a deep run. So, um, you know, it's it's going to be really fun to watch. Um, there's just some really exciting players. We talked about Seth Trimble, certainly Andrew Rohde at Brookfield Central is another guy that's had just an unbelievable year. His his st- uh, stats, when you look at scoring, rebounding assists are unbelievable. And you, you add the fact that he's their best defensive player and one of the best defensive players in the state. And, uh, roadie at six, seven now senior going to St. Thomas next year, really good player. So, um, very excited for, to watch the division one this year and, uh, you know, we'll see where it all goes, but, uh, you know, I think there's probably any number of four or five schools that that could end up uh, winning the state title this year.
0: With a good amount of balance, it seems in division one. Are there any teams that maybe are under the radar teams that aren't in that? maybe top five or six or maybe you know haven't spent a lot of time in the coaches pool that that have the talent to make a run
1: yeah i think there are a couple like that one that comes to mind immediately is madison lafold and i i know they won the big the big eight title and they've been ranked they're 17 and four um but they they um i, st- I still think they were maybe flying a little under the radar when you you know, everyone was talking about Nina and Depier and, and Menominee Falls, and rightly so, all, all very, very good teams. But uh, they just got their senior uh, center back who had been out all year with an injury, uh, Jock Roque, uh, and he's about 6'7". And that gives a very quick, very defensive-oriented um, ball club, uh, a, a, another big in the post to go along with Cameron Yankee. Um so that's a team that I think you know potentially could make a deep run. The one thing that I really like about La Follette is Kurtrell Robinson. Their its coach, um, he just he gets those guys to play so hard on the defensive end. It's really enjoyable to watch as a fan, um, and I I think that that trait in itself is going to really help them because they they just have so much quickness and length, and now they got a big in the middle that can, you know, maybe block some shots and get some rebounds. Um, so I think that's one team. Another team uh, is Waukesha South. And again, I, I know people have had them on their radar, but you know, maybe not in the top two, three, four or five teams, but they're 19 and five. They won the Classic Gate. And of course, uh, th- this is a program that had really struggled uh, the last four or five, six, seven years, uh, normally finishing either in last or definitely in the second division of the Classic Gate. And they have a very dynamic junior named Tyron Cook. Who uh, is is a, uh, a guy who can really uh, score and, and rebound and pass? It's got the ball in his hands a lot for for uh, Waukesha South and Coach Bo Richter. So that's another team that uh, I think you know. Hey, keep an eye on La Follette and Waukesha South. Uh, even though you know I I'm I'm pretty much going with uh, uh, you know with Nina and Menominee Falls is probably the two teams to beat. But I think the La Follette, Waukesha South and maybe a school like Racine Case could. certainly make some noise as well
0: you know mark looking over our uh partner and staff picks that were done this week that will be published uh this afternoon on WisSports.net. i was the only one that took eau claire memorial to get to state i i saw them at the uh the midwest players classic lj wells had just come back um i know the fba is really good and sometimes the big rivers doesn't fare as well against the fba but I really like what they can bring to the table. And you know, I went with a little bit of an upset pick. So am I completely crazy for thinking that they've got a chance to get to get to state?
1: Completely crazy. Yes, but completely crazy in this particular instance. No, <laughs> uh, no, you're right. Uh, Memorial is very, very good. I, I've seen them twice, uh, both times with LJ Wells, uh, who recently picked up an offer from Toledo and has gotten uh, some interest from other division one programs. He's a kid that uh, that his best basketball is still ahead of him. And he's very athletic and at six seven, he can play on the wing, he can play along the baseline, or he can play in the post. Then they have a dynamic point guard in Makai Shaw, who, you know, missed all of last year with an injury, but is, is a kid that has played three years of varsity basketball excluding his junior year because of the injury. And, and they got a division two kid uh, um, in Will Bozer who can absolutely light it up from the perimeter and he's got good size at about six, five. So um, that's a team that has other players that are very, very important as well. There there are other players. I don't want to shortchange them. They're, they're very good. Uh, And, and uh, they go, Uh, Chad Abrisky, he goes about seven or eight deep on that team. And looking at their road, Travis, to get there, um, they got Rapids in the first round. And then they're looking at either Hudson or Hortonville, two teams that are right around 500, or in Hudson's case, a little over 500. And so that would get them to sectionals, where they're probably looking at Appleton East. Um, And I believe those two teams, if I'm not mistaken, they played over the Christmas breakup at the Crest Center. Um, and East won in a very, very close game, if I remember correctly. Um, so yeah, you're not, might crazy have even been a, I,
0: I, I'm sorry. Yeah, it might've been a, it might've been a buzzer beater even in that one. I think it was like 76, 73 or 74, 73. I, I want to say, yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, the, 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 nice thing for them, uh, Travis is they don't have to play Kimberly, Nina or Marshfield, um, uh, a potential sectional final. I'm not saying they wrote it. I mean, Appleton East is very, very good, Uh, but they're only going to have to play one of those three teams from the top half of the sectional. So I, I, I do think that that is, uh, you know, is a good path for them. Um, So you're not crazy at all. They're, they're a really good team, really good team.
0: Well, let's move on and and let's talk about division two, a division that uh, you had one of the most talented teams in the state coming back, the Pewaukee pirates last year, state champion, we had a conversation, I don't know if it was right before Christmas break maybe, about how we thought maybe Pewaukee would be the best team in the state regardless of division. And then they went out and lost three games in in a couple of weeks against a very, very good schedule. Maybe the best schedule in the entire state. But they have kind of reestablished themselves with some late victories. They beat Wisconsin Lutheran late in the year. Some other very impressive wins. They put a running clock on Whitnall, right, in the, uh, in the yes. Woodland crossover. So... You know, looking very good once again, but there's some elite teams in D2, including Wisconsin Lutheran, including Lacrosse Central, uh, West OSHA Central, Whitnall. I mean, some really good squads. But is it Pewaukee looking like the favorite again in Division two after some kind of midseason hiccups?
1: Yeah, I, I think that they are the team to beat. Um, you know, their losses this year and were to Wisco and to Nina and uh to to peer so uh two of their three losses were to d1 schools i believe both those games i I believe they were on the road i could be mistaken but i'm pretty sure they were um you know when i watched them last wednesday against Whitnall, it was a they were just at the peak of their game in terms of their defense in terms of sharing the ball on offense in terms of ball movement in terms of just you know being a well-oiled machine i thought wow these guys are really percolating right now and to beat Whitnow the way they did you know I I I wouldn't expect that would happen again if they played but on that particular night they just absolutely overwhelmed them um so I do think that they are the team to beat um but like you said there's a lot of really good teams in division two lacrosse central has one loss um and that was to an out-of-state team um so you know they're unbeaten in, in Wisconsin and yet they don't have a Johnny Davis or a Kobe King on their team this year Um, But what they do have is a lot of really good players and a lot of good size and a lot of good depth and they're very well coached so that's going to be a a hard team but you know what they they're they're going to have to get by their nemesis for a third time most likely in on Alaska now that would be a sectional semi and you know it's 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 cliche but it's very true when these two teams go at it. It, it's just gonna come down most likely to the end. And even though Alaska is very young this year, I, I see that as a possibility again this year. And then on the lower half of that sectional, you know, you got Fox Valley Lutheran and, uh, you know, the Mosanese and Medfords of the world from the great Northern Conference are, are schools that haven't been able to break through to get to the state tournament, but it's gonna happen one of these years because they're really good teams. Um, so, you know, it wouldn't shock me to see a Mosney, for example, maybe, you know, uh, come through the bottom half and then maybe play the it's best game of the season in the sectional final and and get to Madison. So, you know, Westosha Central, I saw them late in the year. And I, I thought, wow, this is a really, really good team. And Jack Rose is, is, is as good a wing as we have. I mean, he's, he's, very smooth, can score in different ways, great shooter, has a really good feel for the game at 6'4". Um, and of course, we we have seen them in Madison in the past when they had uh, uh, Jaden Zachary leading the way. So that's a team to keep an eye on. I, I really like DeForest. I, I thought that they were overall probably the best team in the Badger, whether it's the East or West this year. I know they had some really close games with Milton um and you know want obviously that's always a big rivalry but i i really like uh, uh max wisebro their point guard i think he's he's one of the best players in the state he does everything for them in terms of distributing scoring being a communicator being a leader defending i mean he 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 just i thought he was a, i thought honestly travis i thought he was a division 1 player and he's going to northern michigan and um and i think he's going to have a great career there so that's another team, you know, up in the uh, another uh, sectional to watch up in the Fox Valley areas. The one that has uh, Oshkosh North and Ashwaubenon and Notre Dame all in the top half, along with West De uh, They're all in the top half of that sectional and, and all of those teams are really good. And then in the lower half, you got Nicolay, which finished second at the North Shore Conference. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see who comes out. We're looking at a regional final. Oshkosh North at Notre Dame. I think that would be one heck of a game, and then West of Pirenash Wabanon in the other regional final, and again, really, really good game with really good players on the floor. Um, so D two, uh, you know, it, it's as tough. Uh, I think it's probably as tough as Division One. I, honestly, I, I, I can't. You know, when you talk about schools like Oshkosh North, Cross Central, certainly Pewaukee and Wisconsin Lutheran, DeForest, uh, West you know, you're know, you talking about really good basketball teams. so um, it's going to be fascinating to watch how all that unfolds. Um, you know Pewaukee and Whitnell are looking at probably a sectional semi if they advance and Wisco would probably look at playing a school like pius or Tosa West in the in the sectional semi and then and then Wisco and in Pewaukee perhaps in the sectional final in a game that you know I think a, a lot of people would love to see, in madison but unfortunately it's going to be at the sectional final but it's a game where they're going to have to find a big gym uh to play in because there's going to be a ton of people that will want to watch that game
0: all right let's drop down and talk about division three as we continue our conversation with mark miller our wbca hall of famer here at wsn uh last year dominated by racine st catherine's one of the most talented teams especially at the guard spot that we've seen in a long time but uh, they have taken a step back with the graduation of Tyrese Hunter and McGee and, and those guys. Um, but last year's runner-up, Lake Country Lutheran, has looked very good this year. Uh, the favorite most of the year, the, the number one ranked team in Division Three, most if not all of the year. Um, Lake Country Lutheran, I think most people look at as the favorite, but certainly there's a bunch of other talent in Division Three where we start to see some of that drop-down effect potentially taking place, and, and we'll talk about that in, in just a moment, but what are we looking at in Division Three, along with the favorites at Lake Country Lutheran?
1: Yeah, I think, I think LCL is definitely the favorite. Uh, they have two losses this year. Uh, they lost to Pewaukee, but they were very, very competitive, um, and then they, they lost uh, late in the year to, to CMH, to Catholic Memorial in, a, in another really competitive game. Um, and of course the, the, common denominator with Pewaukee and CMH is they play in really good conferences that are predominantly filled with, uh, with either D one or D two schools. So there's a drop down that you mentioned. Um, but LCL has got four seniors that have played several years of varsity basketball. And, you know, Luke hurdle is their leader. He's one of the best all around players in the state. When you look at how he impacts a game and the different things that he does for himself and certainly for his teammates, um, but it won't be a, it won't be an easy ride for them. You know they they're going to encounter some tough opponents and um, you know you look at Catholic Memorial and St Thomas More and West Salem and Freedom and you know Kettle Moraine Lutheran. I, I think um, you know Prescott's got a really good team. Uh, they won the Middle Border and they just uh, I believe they just beat Stevens Point in a non conference game here late in the year. Uh, I think Columbus out of the Capitol is a really good team. So you know there's 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 good teams uh, as there are in, in all the divisions, but um, you know, kind of like Pewaukee and D two, I think it's LCL and once they get bumped off, if they do, uh, then it's, then it's, you know, wide open, but I, I think, you know, when you look at it in my mind, anyway, you got Menominee falls as a favorite, you got Pewaukee as a favorite and you got LCL in the top three divisions, uh, you know, but that the neat thing about March and the playoffs is that anything can happen. And there are certainly teams more than capable of upsetting those three schools. So, uh, let's see where it all takes us.
0: And again, one of the the stories in Division Three, you start to get that drop-down effect where uh, a team like Xavier doesn't have the most sparkling record. A Denmark maybe doesn't have the most sparkling record, but play in very tough leagues, and sometimes they get matched up with uh, you know a, a team like a Peshtigo or or something like that that doesn't see that ki- uh, kind of competition, and so you can start to see an Edgewood even or a Kiwaskum, um, you sure. know with six seven ten losses even make a little bit of a run so any any other teams like that that might be a little bit under the radar based on their record a brown deer even in there uh who who else should we look at as maybe under the radar teams in division three in part because of that drop down effect
1: yeah i think a couple teams come to mind one of them would be edgewood at 14 and 10 and they they they've won, uh, oh man, I, I forget what it is, but it's like 10 of 11. Um, and part of that was Jackson Trudgeon, the the Badger football recruit, um, missed the first, you know, eight, nine, 10 games of the year with an injury from football. And, you know, it's one of those things, Travis Jackson, isn't a, a huge score, but he doesn't have to be his, his, um, his importance to that team is in handling the ball getting making sure his teammates are in the right position uh defending at a high level being a physical presence you know in the lane on, for rebounding and so forth um but you know edgewood's looking at um uh, uh, they're looking at going potentially to dodgeville on saturday for a regional final and dodgeville's one of those teams that i think we really haven't talked a lot about this year they they won the southwest wisconsin conference are 21 and 3 They have a 6'10 player that's getting better and better, and and they have uh, probably the two-time player of the year in the league in in Dylan Garthwaite, who just committed to Edgewood College, so uh, Edgewood is is good. And then, you know, also in the top half, you have the two teams that tied for the uh, Capital North Conference in Columbus and Lodi, so uh, really good, and, you know, Lake Country is the team to beat on the bottom half. Um, I think St. Thomas Moore is a team that a lot of people would really like to watch because they have two of the more dynamic sophomores in the state and Saku Kano and uh, Amari Makatri. They won the Metro Classic um, Conference. You know, we talked, we wrote about that on Sports uh, about a week ago when they won the title. Um, you know, another team, I think, uh, is Dominican. You know, Steve Showalter in his first year there and they're 19 and five, um, you know, and he starts a lineup uh, that includes a freshman and two sophomores. Um, and he's got a really good senior in Barry Applewhite. Um, so that's a team, you know, Steve knows how to coach as we all know, and their style of play, uh, is different than the, the majority of teams in Wisconsin. You know, he plays very similar to what he did at Germantown with, with the full court pressure and shooting a lot of threes and getting to the basket and playing up tempo and scoring a lot of points. And Dominican's got uh, the, the type of talent at the at the lower level that that certainly can can cause some issues. I also think um, Carmen Northwest out of Milwaukee, uh, they won the City Conference Blue Division, and they're young, just like Dominican, and they have some dynamic players. Dupree Fletcher Jr. in particular. Is a very very good player. He's a sophomore, Um, so that's a team to keep an eye on. Uh, There's always. It seems like you're right though with the drop down effect in Division three. There seems to be more of those teams like a Xavier, you know, like like maybe a Freedom, um, uh, that uh, you know, maybe maybe has sustained some losses because of the schedule that they play. But boy, once the tournament rolls around, they're they're not going to back down to anyone, and and they're going to give everyone their best shot. So. Uh, it's going to be really cool to see. One other storyline I want to mention real quick is in sectional one, the potential of the middle border and and um, Heart of North champions meeting uh, in, a, in a sectional semi with Prescott Northwestern. I think that would be a really fun game to watch because both teams score a ton of points and uh, both, both teams have really good players and they both won uh, over 20 games. Uh, only one of them is going to get to the sectional final if, if they're both fortunate to advance that far, but uh, uh, and then they're looking at a potential game against West Salem, so that every sectional in D3, it, it, you're going to have to really win some tough games to get to the cool Center.
0: As we continue on with Division 4, one more uh, opportunity to remind you to help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign, Buckle Up, Phone Down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. In Division 4, Mark, last year's state championship game was a doozy as Lord, uh, Lord's Academy beat the Prairie School on a buzzer beating layup by Nathan Slagter. He's gone. Preston Rudinger's gone. Josh Bauer's gone, but Lord's still in the mix. Uh, but division four, um, most people have looked at Milwaukee Academy of science with an incredible amount of young talent as the favorite in D four. Tell us about Academy of science and then the rest of division four.
1: Well, Academy of Science is one of those teams that I've only been able to watch on, on, um, on stream this year, unfortunately. Um, I'm very familiar with their talent, but um, uh, they played such a unique schedule this year. You know, they're an independent, uh, you know, think of Al McGuire when I think of an independent. Who's an independent? No one's an independent, but we do have a few. Uh, and, and MAS is, is, the, is the flagship for the independents, no doubt. Uh, ridiculous talent on this team in the sophomore and freshman classes. Tayshawn Bridges and Nasir Beeman in, in, the, in the sophomore class. Um, you know, Top five type players in the state, Division 1 prospects for sure. Then they got about five or six kids in the freshman class that are just unbelievably talented and, and going to have unbelievable futures. Uh, they're definitely the team to beat in Division 4. Their three losses have all come to very highly regarded teams from Chicago, um, DePaul Prep, Simeon, and Hyde Park. Um, I mean, there's not too many Wisconsin teams that are going to go to Illinois and, and beat those teams. Um, so. You know they have three losses, uh, but they're two really highly regarded opponents. However, they have had a few close games uh, within the state. I know Keel took them into a, into a very late uh, game possession there. Um, that game was at Keel, so that may have been a factor. But M um, A S is definitely the team to beat. You know Iowa comes in with an unbeaten record. Uh, a really strong senior class with really good all around athletes, many of whom uh, did very, very well on the football field last fall. I always think that's a big plus when you got kids that 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 have been through, uh, you know, the toughness that it requires to play uh, high school football and have success in, on the gridiron. And, and you know, a kid like Parker Prawl at IS is. Has definitely done that, and then of course you know you're always going to have uh, some of the private schools like Roncalli, um, and, and then you know the Cuba City, Darlington, Mineral Point, uh, River Ridge sectional is ridiculously talented. You know a team like Aquinas could could have a drop down effect. I think on Alaska Luther is really good. Um, so. Um, yeah, it's uh, uh mas on paper is the team to beat no question. But remember, their their guys are all freshmen and sophomores. And you know, they they play most of their games uh, in front of somewhat small crowds because their gym is very small. And I think that will change as, as we continue to go forward here and those guys become older. I've heard that they're they're looking to play their games in the future at Mount Mary College, uh, which would, you know, facilitate a lot more seating. Um, uh, so, um, you know, I think IS, uh, uh, Ilos Scandinavia is a team that that will will go a bit far. I, I kind of like Cuba City to beat Mineral Point. You know, I know they lost twice to Mineral Point during the swell season. Um, but, uh, you know, the third time's the charm, right? <laughs> and um, they're looking at a regional final. And then you're looking at either right below them, either Aquinas or Luther against River Ridge in another regional final. And I, I think that would be a really good game. And another team that we haven't mentioned, uh, Belleville to me is a really solid basketball team, uh, you know, out of the Capitol South Conference. So, um, and then, you know, Sheboygan Lutheran had been division five, they're 23 and one in division four. And uh, they're they're looking at, you know, a potential rematch with Howard's Grove or St. Mary's Springs. And then most likely a game against MAS in, in the sectional final, although Kenosha St. Joe's uh, is in the same half as MAS. And, you know, Joe's isn't going to back down from MAS, you know, with the schedule in place, So uh, a lot of really fun games to keep to monitor. You know, it's too bad that we they're all played on the same day. I'd like to see as many of these games as possible. But, um, you know, that's that's the beauty about streams. You can always go back and watch it, you know, if you miss it. So Maybe I'm a little goofy in that regard, wanting to see all these games because most people are just following their particular school. But um, man, there's some good players and good teams, and just just watching the coaches and, and how they how they adjust and how they uh, do things against certain opponents is always fun. And, and certainly the hoopla involved with the student sections and packed gyms and everything else is is a big part of what makes the WIA playoffs so special.
0: Division five is an interesting division where. You know, last year it was adjusted, and some of the power better teams got moved up. Mm-hmm. Uh, a team like Sheboygan Lutheran got moved up in that adjusted bracket, and now Sheboygan Lutheran stays up. Uh, I think the depth of Division Five maybe has taken a hit the last couple years, but that does lead to maybe some more competitiveness in Division Five. Um, what are we looking at in the state's smallest division? And as we have have seen many times over the years, what are some of those teams that we, as we talked about earlier? Drop-down effect that maybe don't have the the best record, but play in a a better league and maybe could make some noise in that postseason.
1: Yeah, um, you know Randolph is is back. Um, I, I think that uh, their team this year uh, is really really solid. Uh, Sam Greger is a, a guy that's been around, uh, playing for, and has really good size at six three, six four. Handles the ball, can shoot from the perimeter, can post up. Um, And then then they have the Badger uh, football walk on uh, uh, Elvin, so uh, it's 6'5 and and strong as an ox and jumps well and is just a terror on the glass. I think that they're the team to beat coming into the tournament. Um, Having said that, uh, I I, I really like Clear Lakes team. Um, Had a chance to watch them quite a bit over this past summer and I I like their combination of inside outside. their point guard uh, Blanchard is about six, four, six, five, and, and, and handles the ball really, really well and, and passes it exceptionally well. Um, and, you know, so that's a team that I, that I, I really like. I, I think that they're, you know, probably the favorite in sectional one. I know Hurley's in there. And of course they won the Indian head conference uh, and and they have a very fine team as well. Uh, over in sectional two, I, I like Newman Catholic, you know, they, in the last 10, Ten days, to two weeks. They beat uh, both Marathon and Stratford, uh, but sandwiched in there, they also lost to Wabino Leona, who's in the same sectional as Newman. So, uh, and, and you know, you never count out Columbus Catholic. I, 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 I am amazed at at the, the year in and year out how Joe Knitschke is able to develop shooters, develop kids that move the ball, uh, develop kids that play strong fundamental defense, and just beat you with soundness. And, and if they get hot, if they get hot from the perimeter like they were against Nielsville in the basically the, the Eastern Cloverville title game uh, last week, I think they hit like 13 or 14 threes. It was unbelievable. Uh, they can beat anyone. Um, so that's another team. I like what Wabino Leona, now they, they took two losses after they beat Newman because the star player Connor Taylor got nicked up in the Newman game. Um, and I'm not sure where he's at. Um, He did come back in that game to help finish off the win, but he sat the next two, and it might be a case of just getting him some rest, and they do have a bye the first round. Um, So, you know, that should be plenty of time for him to heal. Um, As as far as you had mentioned the drop-down effect, um, you know, I'm not sure that it's gonna come into into play too much this year. I think the better teams, uh, the bangers, the Wazikas, the Randolphs uh, Columbus Catholic they they're in pretty much d4 d5 conferences if not all d5 uh maybe Reedsville that plays in the in the big east north with some division four schools they could potentially um you know make some noise and again it's a it's a team that's got a lot of those guys from their football title team uh Brennan Dvorchak being the, the the biggest name uh, who who's does it you know just scores and rebounds at a phenomenal level every time out. Uh, One of the best all-around athletes, honestly, in the state. Uh, When you look at his track and field, his football and his basketball accomplishments are really, really impressive. You know, Lourdes goes to to D5 this year, um, but they they lost uh, all five starters. They're 16-8. and They've been competitive. They've had games where they played very well and other games where they maybe not played as well. So I'm not quite sure how far they can go. They're probably looking at a regional final with Randolph, who... They played earlier in the year at Randolph and Randolph won fairly close, but Randolph did win, you know, maybe a school like Burlington Catholic Central, it's coming into the tournament at three and 21, and they're getting a home game against Pecatonica, which is 10 and 13. But the reason for that is because of the strength of their schedule. Obviously, they play in the Metro Classic with St. Joe's and St. Catherine's and Thomas Moore and Dominican, Martin Luther. So, you know, they, they obviously uh will that rigorous competition which you know led to a 3 and 21 record will that competition help them in the D5 playoffs uh i, I think that they're hoping it does because otherwise you're kind of knocking your head against the wall for, <laughs> for no good reason um so yeah those those are a few of the teams you know Williams Bay Faith Christian they got a one seed um they they're in that new lake city conference uh, all their stuff is on Wisports in terms of the teams and the results and all that. I don't think they're, they're, they have the, um, uh, the strength to advance deep. Uh, I, I do think Banger and Blair Taylor, uh, a team like maybe Royal uh, could go far. Uh, you know, you're looking at maybe a Wazika Seneca sectional semi and of course those two teams play in the Ridge and Valley and know each other very well. So um, I would be surprised if it wasn't one of those two uh, coming out of that bottom half of that sectional three. So, um, but, you know, bottom line is I, I think Randolph is is the team to beat, just like I said with Milwaukee Academy of Science in D4 and uh, LCL in and D3 and, and Pewaukee in D2 and Menominee Falls in D1. But do I expect those five teams to win, state? all of them to win state titles? Probably not. Probably not. There's going to be an upset or two somewhere along the line. So,
0: well, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you, Mark, as you looked over your state tournament picks, if you had to give a um, a confidence number to those or or one of those state champion picks that you're most confident in, which one would that be?
1: Oh, boy. Great question. Um, I think I'm going to go Pewaukee. I, I just think, you know, after seeing him personally, I think three times this year, but to just seeing them uh, this past week and what they did to Whitnall, I thought, man, who the heck is gonna beat this team? Um, so that's the one I'm most confident in, but um, you know, Wisco's gotta, they, they gotta get by some good teams that uh, that know what they're about. And um, you know, it's not gonna be a walk in the park, but I, I, I just think that they're, you know, basically you're talking about a team that has two division two players in Ashton Janowski, and Josh Tyrion, um, and, and then you have two Division I players, both of whom will play at the high major level in Milan Monchiljovic and, uh, and Nick Janowski. Uh, there's not many schools in Wisconsin that have two high major and two Division Two players in the starting lineup. Um, you know, maybe MAS down the road. Um, but um, that's a tough combination to to overcome, especially when they play well together, when they know each other exceptionally well, Um, You know, when a kid like Josh Terry is fine scoring three or eight points, but is going to guard the opponent's top player and going to move the ball that leads to an easier basket for a teammate. When you got a 6'8 kid like Milan Manchilevich who can, it can post up or he can step outside and knock down threes. Um, And then you got a a, a really dynamic player in in Nick Janowski um, and a a true leader in, in Ashton Janowski. I mean, it's just a really good basketball team.
0: All right. Well, we've gone through our division by division pick or uh, previews, anything else that we need to keep an eye on uh, any other storylines, anything coming up on Wisports.net that we need to keep an eye out for as we head into these final weeks of the season.
1: Well, you know, as far as the stuff on we sports, we're, we're going to continue to do previews at, uh, next week on the sectional level, just like Norbert's doing for the girls and obviously predict all the games. Uh, we'll be doing all the all conference teams as they come in. I think those are always interesting to look at to see who gets player of the year and what kids are first, second honorable mention that sort of thing. Um, And then uh, obviously we'll be, you know, giving full coverage to the state tournament. I'll be out at games, uh, uh, you know, probably just tweeting about them instead of doing game stories at this point, just because of all the other uh, stuff that we got to get done on the site this week. But, uh, uh, you know, those are some things that uh, that you can look forward to uh, on the with sports site. You know, as far as storylines and so forth. you know, it, one thing that's kind of interesting is we we have some 2,000-point scores in the state that are still playing. When you look at uh, Luke Hurdle at LCL and Casey Verhagen um, at um, Sheboygan Lutheran and Derek Lindert at Partyville. Um, and and I, I believe there's a, a few other guys that are getting very close to 2,000 points. So, you know, it used to be very unusual and big news when you got 1,000 points, but, but now it's uh, with kids playing... Varsity ball earlier. And of course, now they play more games and they play longer games than in years past. Uh, more kids are, are now getting to that 2,000 point uh, level. So that's always kind of fun to watch as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, those are some of the storylines and some of the things you can look forward to on uh, Wisports.net over the next several weeks.
0: Well, Mark, always good to catch up, get your insights and expert analysis as we head into that wonderful time of the year that is the basketball postseason, the boys basketball postseason getting underway this week. Again, girls into sectional play. They're going to be some amazing games this week, even in regional finals. Then uh, sectionals are incredible with the uh, the atmosphere that those games bring. And then we're only a few weeks away from a return from uh, what is it now? Uh, I don't know how many days it is 700 days or 900 days since we were last at the call center for boys basketball state tournament. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to getting back there and all that uh, that will bring again, the mask mandate is set to expire before the boys tournament. So it's going to be a, a a good week and a good several weeks here as we head into the final part of the, uh, the, the season, the 2021 2022 basketball season winding down. We have half the teams still alive every single night and it's, uh, it's it's a grind. It's a lot of emotion. It's a lot of careers coming to an end. Um, but it's a great time of the year for sure. One more chance to remind you to help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign, Buckle Up, Phone Down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. That will do it, though, for this edition of the Wisports.net podcast, our special preview edition for the boys' basketball postseason that begins this week. Big thanks to Mark Miller for joining us. I am Travis Wilson. This has been a WSN podcast. We'll see you at a game.